You may kill me, but you may never insult me. Who am I? I'm Kevin Jack Sparrow. Get the truth about movies on the movie show. If he were telling the truth, he wouldn't have told us. <laughs> Tell them, Sparrow. Unless, of course, he knew you wouldn't believe the truth, even if he told it. Mm -hmm. Hello. Joey, it's Ross. I need some help. Help has come your way because you are listening to the movie show. What is up? Hello from me. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> You broke the flow, Seshi. You broke the flow. <laughs> that was very unusual, I would just like to add. I think uh, we should have a general meeting before we <laughs> actually have this. Just get each other recording. up to speed. I'm going to say you know hello. What? I'll, I'll translate for them. So go again. Hello, this is me. And the person you just heard speaking, his name is Ryan. Right. And I am Sesh. I am me. <laughs> I'm translating now in my language for you. There we go. Yes, and of course, you are listening to the movie show. Right here on Active FM. You're up for a run-up. Yes. Today, we are looking at a film called King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. So, I know there's been lots of films coming that have come out on King Arthur, on Camelot, etc., etc. But this one is a 2017 version. I stand to be corrected, but as, lo as far as I know, this is the latest re-endition of the whole King Arthur Camelot story. But this film is... It's, 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 got, it's interesting because the film in itself... Okay, Ryan, if you disagree with me, you are more than welcome well, to jump you in. Said, you said, and then I was going to actually say, why? And then you're like, because. And, well, first you said because, and I was like, wait, was I supposed to say why? No, no, as in, I'm about to say oh, something. And if yes. you disagree with me, you may jump in. Uh, uh, trust me, I will. So, this film is brilliant. And from a filmmaking perspective, it's, I really enjoyed the, whole, the film as a whole. The problem is this film was a box office flop. Like, it legit It was flopped. a box office flop. It was, unfortunately, a no. box office flop. So, the budget for the film was $175 million US dollars. That is excluding marketing costs, right? The box office, so what they made for the film was $175 million. So, King Arthur, Legend of the Sword, lost $153.2 million for Warner Brothers, according to a 2018 report on Deadline. So this film actually cost Warner Brothers. It didn't bring in anything for Warner Brothers. I know. Now, there were a couple of reasons that added to the box office flop. One of it was that it was... Do you know this film was apparently released on the Mother's Day weekend? I'm just like, this is not a movie for mothers. Um, mothers would enjoy... I'm not saying now all mothers won't enjoy it, but this is like an action junkie. It's yeah. not for... I don't personally think for Mother's Day weekend... This is the film to release. Plus, on top of that, it was released with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, uh, it was competing with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Which also, I don't think, was a wise move for them to do. Because, especially... Okay, the Marvel craze is slightly over now. Just because, you know, we came to the end of all that Marvel was doing. But at that point, Marvel wasn't the end of... It, it was, you know, you were like right in the middle of all of the action and stuff like that. So, yeah. Plus, on top of it, this film went through a lot of delays from, first of all, who was going to direct it, then to who was going to play the main Serious. characters, to the script. There was even actual filming delays. So when the film did come underway, there were filming delays. The date was pushed back. 
And we've seen whenever a film is pushed back, generally it it takes a toll on the box office. So yeah. wait, there was even a delay on who was going to direct it. Mm. It changed from a couple of times. They, yeah, it changed because quite a few times. It had a a a Guy Ritchie touch to it. No, no. Eventually, Guy Ritchie got the film and then did what Guy Ritchie does with films, okay. which is why I said I loved it. So uh, that's yes. why. But then also, so I was watching a video where they were looking at the reasons as to why it flopped. And one of the things that they said is at the moment, you, you can find this film or this type of story because you know it sets it's like very similar to like Lord of the Rings. It's that medieval time, all of that. But they said with television series at the moment, you get this. So, for example, there was Vikings. There was, what's that one that I've forgotten now that everyone loves? Ga- Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones, yeah. thank you. There's Game of Thrones. There's all of those type of series that are out and people are loving them and watching them. So what they were saying was people don't need a film like this because the television space is filled with this type of films and stuff like that. Now, personally right. for me, I haven't watched uh, Vikings and I haven't watched Game of Thrones. And, yeah, I enjoyed the film. I thought it was very good. But the problem is that's just one person's opinion. Well, I guess that makes sense because yeah. it's either you're getting it through Vikings or Game yeah. of Thrones or you're going to watch a movie like this and yeah. enjoy it as well. Yeah. Another thing they said that was also the reason why it could have flopped was this is a very old story. And they're just doing it again. It's not like there's, there's other King Arthur films. There's other, I mean, there's so much actually. They, they went through, there was even a film where Kira Knightley uh, acted as, what was King Arthur's, what was the, the love interest? What was her name again? I have no idea. I feel like I wrote it down somewhere. But King Arthur's love interest. You're talking about King Arthur, King Arthur, right? Because yes. in this film, there wasn't really, there wasn't any, there wasn't any love story. Guinevere, that was her name. So I think there was even a film that came out that centered as or centered around her. So obviously she's normally the love interest in the story. So it's King Arthur, and then he saves her, or you know he falls in love with her, etc., etc. But I think there was even a film that came out about her. So there's been so much content on it, and they're saying that the world at the moment isn't. They they're not wanting, or even in 2017, they're not wanting old stuff remade so they gave an example of how tarzan failed which i agree tarzan flopped the the latest make that the i didn't enjoy that film at tarzan all. it was terrible i don't think i've seen it you have we did a movie i show was just about to say it and we slated it <laughs> it was a while ago though oh okay that's how bad it is. Ryan doesn't remember. Really? Was it that bad? No, it was terrible. Something rings a bell there, eh? It was re- Samuel L. Jackson was still in it. Tarzan. And Robbie. Wait, it's ringing a bell now. Yes. I remember with the apes in that, yeah. right? Yeah. And in that whole circular yeah, and that no, was, weird, repeated motion. Yeah, I remember really that bad. now. With yeah. the waterfall, right? Yes. Okay, yeah. no, there you really, go. Really bad. I remember the and bad the, things. And Tarzan had a, didn't he have a British accent? That's right. Yeah. And he was all prim and proper. And I was yeah. like, yeah? Mm-hmm. yeah? Yeah. So what they said was, that people don't want to watch old stuff remade. They want new stuff, unless you're DC, Marvel, or Disney. You know, <laughs> That's literally what they said. Exactly. It's so true what you're saying because, okay, honestly, uh, when I doubt, okay, I, I bought it off uh, 
let me do a quick advert. So on Google, Google Watch Movies, so I did a comparison between Apple TV and Google Watch Movies. Apple TV, you had to buy it. Google uh, Watch, whatever, Google Movies, you could that rent. one, I was able to rent it for 34 rand. So just go into Google, do your conversion, boom. But it was, but the minute I like saw the cover, I mean, the, the, the first, the, the, the whatever, the, the creative, and then um, I think when it started, I was just like, uh, I'm not in the mood for this kind of movie, really. <laughs> but I had to. But then I watched it, and I was just like, okay, this is cool, you know. No, it's so, it's very. Really... But definitely, you're right. I mean, yeah. if I saw this, I would be like, oh, not another King Arthur. Yeah. Look for it says something that the film came out in 2017, and we only watched it in 2021. I'd watch it for the director, and I'd yes. watch it for the the, the the main character, Charlie Hannum. Yeah. yeah, and that's because of one of the other films that we watched. What yes. was it? The, the Gentleman. Gentleman. Yeah. Yeah. The re one of the reasons I think I watched this film was because we recently did a movie review on The Man from Uncle, which was also directed by Guy Ritchie. Yeah. And. That's I saw Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Maybe yeah. that's when maybe that's when my attitude changed because I saw Guy Ritchie. I was like, okay, this is gonna be good. You're like, ah, okay, cool. <laughs> I did. I was like, this is gonna be good. And then the parts came. I'm like, yeah, there it is. No, the film is brilliant. So my personal thoughts. I enjoyed the film thoroughly. I really, really did enjoy the film. In fact, I want to watch it again. That's how much I enjoyed the film. Well, I rented it, so it's, uh, I might as well watch it again. Right, I've got 48 more, hours to watch see? it. One more time yes. before it's, it's out of your hands. One for the king. <laughs> but I do feel that the, where they went wrong was with the script. I feel that improvement could have been made to the storyline itself. As in, I don't think the script was as good as it could be. The acting, I really enjoyed. The stunt choreography was brilliant. The way yeah. it was done, the way the story was told was brilliant. I like how they really brought into uh, into the story a very modern action-like yes. feel. Yes. And there were some words that were said that you don't see in a lot of old movies. Yes. Like, oh, mate, you know. Yeah. It was often like that. Mate and, you know, mate, that word right there. And, yeah. like, especially uh, this guy, uh, Charlie Hunnam, he has that very British yeah. and that came through very no, and that, that I enjoyed and that about British it. And the British humor was uh, no it was brilliant. Very For good. Me, though, so not I just feel like maybe where the story went. Do you get what I'm saying? Like I don't know. I feel like uh, yeah, it, there was there was a little bit of depth missing. I was also like wait what? Uh Okay. <laughs> and the reason I also say this, so this film was two hours and six minutes. Yeah. Now, for me, it felt longer than that. And that's, that I blame storyline. Oh, really, yeah? That I blame storyline for that because when a story is captivating enough, then you don't feel the time of the film. So, and then the, the last thing that I thought they could have improved on as well was just the character introduction. I, at times, got lost and at times wasn't even able to... Either identify a distinguish. character or, yes, distinguish. Yeah, so I think that could have been done a bit better. I think they threw too many characters at the audience. Yeah. Because you, they, the audience only is able to retain a certain amount of characters. Obviously, there can be as many characters in a there film was as a, you want. There was a bulk of offload. Yeah. But if you want, like, you can't throw 10 characters at an audience at one go and expect them to be like, oh, that's George and that's... That's Pete and that's whatever. Yeah. So I, I can't really tell you the names of the characters other than King Arthur. I just feel like there was a lot going on. But I purely, 
I take that down to storyline. For me, the issue was the script. I don't. I. I, I think that they, the scriptwriter was at fault for that. That's just my personal opinion because yeah. the acting was very good. There were some people that said that the acting wasn't good. I disagree with them. I thought the acting was very good from all sides. Charlie Price. Hannum, brilliant. Jude Law, brilliant. I hated every second of him, which is good because he was the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, wait, I know this face. Do you know David Beckham was in the film? Not again. He was in the film. Again. There was also, I don't know the actor's name, but I know he was in the Maze Runner. He was actually one of the antagonists in the Maze Runner. And in this film, he played, um, he was more on the, not more on, he was on the protagonist side. But I did enjoy the acting. I thought the acting was very good. David Beckham played as, a, as his actor was called Trigger. Mm-hmm. So go figure. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And I, I enjoyed the acting all round. The there were some there were some new faces as there well. There were new faces, yeah. yeah. The way Guy Ritchie told the story, I love. I love Guy Ritchie. His directing is is I love it. I love his style. Like everything he does, it's it really, really, really is good. So yeah. Just some interesting facts on Charlie Hunnam himself, who was the main character. So he originally had lost twenty pounds for the last season of Sons of Anarchy in two thousand and eight. So that he had lost 20 pounds. During auditions, director Guy Ritchie was very bothered by his look, though he liked his performance and asked him four times during the process about his poor physique. Hannam said that when Ritchie brought it up the fourth time, he told Ritchie, look, dude, and I quote, you keep bringing this up, the physicality. It's obviously your primary concern. So if you want to do away with all this auditioning, I'll put it in nice terms, rubbish, I'll fight those other two dudes. I know who they are. You can bring them in here. I'll fight them both. The one who walks out the door gets the job. That was his reply to Guy Ritchie. <laughs> and gentleman, uh, the gentleman was after this yeah. film. Hey? Mm. So obviously... Um, you made quite a good first impression. That means that this would have been the first time that... I think it was the first time that, that him and yeah, Ritchie, yeah. And obviously he liked it so much. Yeah. And, and he really, there's something about him that's, no, there is something that, about that you're just him. like, wow, you know? Yeah. He then did promise that he would get into incredible shape for the film, even saying that he was going to do 500 push-ups every day as he wanted to look like one of those guys who would do that. 500? Uh-huh. You know, I know guys who their aim is to do 100 a day. No, and, they break, and they break it up. That's how oh, they serious? do it. So imagine having to do 500. What is that? Like... 2.50 in the morning, 2.50 in the evening, or you can do 200 in the morning, 100 in the midday. Oh. Right. After filming concluded, Hanum revealed that he did, in fact, do several hundred push-ups every day. There you go. With his personal record being, listen to this, this dude in one day did 1,050 push-ups in one single day. Okay. That was his personal best. Are we clear that this is day to day? As in every single day that you do it. That is intense. Right. Unle- <laughs> unless he's used to a lot of physical um, endurement. That's crazy, eh? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. Mm-hmm. That's really impressive. Guys, there you go. Yeah. There's your target for 2021. He, he definitely said that this was his most, the most physical role he's ever played. The stunt coordinator said he was an absolute dream to work with. She loved working, and it was a chick. Do you know the stunt, the fight stunt coordinator? Yeah. Oh, stunt the choreographer. No, but the fight choreographer. Uh, Did you see the fighting in this film? Yep, that was a woman. I'm I, just saying. I was just looking at the shots, the way they were like <laughs> zzz, zzz, going, yeah, no, and was, I was just like, was wow. That was brilliant. But Charlie Hannum also said that he closely observed 
observed Ultimate Fighting Championship Irish featherweight Conor McGregor to incorporate his fighting style and his ultra-ripped physique into his portrayal of a young street version of Arthur. Hannum watched hours and hours of interviews and fight footage of McGregor on YouTube because he thought it would be an interesting model for the character. Now, he put a lot into it. So he promised Guy Ritchie he would get into shape. He did 1,050 push-ups in one day. So he obviously got into shape. And plus he was watching a whole lot of different fight, um, fight choreography techniques and all of that. But on top of that, Guy Ritchie said he was shocked at how shredded Charlie Hannum got for this role and was horrified in a good way when Hannum took off his shirt for the first time. He marveled and said, Charlie never seems to carry more than 6% body fat. When he first took his top off, I was horrified. Usually with actors, they take their top off and I'm horrified in the wrong way. But Charlie walked in all pleased with himself with his 26-pack abs ready to rumble. So, yeah, Guy Ritchie was obviously very happy with Charlie Hannum by the time he had walked in for filming. <laughs> I almost feel like uh, the roles that he's played between uh, this movie and The Gentleman, mm -hmm. um, I almost see his true character because yeah. that, that, that sounds like him to walk in and all impressive and be like, hi, is that good enough for you now, huh? And he was. He, he re you can see he... He trained hard for... He looked buffet. He, he, he looked, yeah. Even the street author, he had this like... Yes. I was just like, whoa. No, and I mean, he, in the beginning, you see how he toughens up anyway. Yes. I mean, he got smacked around a lot and exactly. stuff, so... That that beginning sequence was brilliant. I liked the music, oh, eh? Everything. Yeah. Oh, it was so I good. Was just, it was just like, okay, uh, so there's this guy. Let me just show you what happened. Did you enjoying it? The that it was done, it yeah. was also brilliant. And I think it happened two or three times. That whole, like, this yes. is what happened. This is how it, it went like along. It was like a montage It was. It was very good. Yeah. Now, talking about Guinevere, Guinevere, so she wasn't in the film. There was no character Guinevere in the film. She was originally going to be part of the film as Arthur's love interest. However, Guy Ritchie said he couldn't give that storyline enough screen time. So the character was rewritten and became mage. So there was a female character in the film. I still thought that they were going to bring in a romance, but they didn't. I personally feel that that was one of their downfalls. And I know, Ryan, you're on that whole tip of you don't like the romance. But yeah. I do feel like the, 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 often that romantic storyline does just help move the film along. Uh, uh, uh. The movie was great. For if you're just a hardcore action junkie, the movie was great for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, you, you have to save the girl or something like that. Exactly, which didn't... But the one thing they did say about so the character, the mage, you we never told her name, she's just known as the mage, is she fights from a distance, uses animals to do her dirty work. All right. And then when people come, she just gets captured. Like, that, that part did frustrate me a little bit. I was like... This chick has power, though. How did she get captured so easily? And she just stands there. She was just... She was. <laughs> that, like, she was like... Yeah. For me, her character... Even if there wasn't a love interest, they, that, that character needed work. That whole storyline there was almost pointless in a way. Like, it really... And even when she used animals to help, they didn't really do much. If you understand what I'm saying. Like, I know at one point she got birds to, like... I don't know what the birds were even doing. But like the birds were she just got the dogs. The dogs. The dogs part was cool. They turned on their own guards. Yeah. I was just like, wow. And then eventually, I think it was the horses. Yes. Yeah. But there was a yeah. No, that that character was like um, you didn't even have to do anything. That was an. It was they either needed to do more with her or she was unnecessary, and that's what I felt like. That like yeah. 
That's why I'm saying I think they should have gone forward with the love interest because it would have strengthened her character a little bit more. Whereas now she was kind of just like a... She's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Like, okay, that weird chick that makes the birds fly around. (laughs) That's all she was. So the film was pitched to the studio and the actors as this is what they said. The film, film is Lord of the Ring. Rings meets Guy's Richie's own snatch, which was a 2000 film. Charlie Hannum said that the, that description sold him the movie, saying that's a film I wanted to see. And honestly, this film really did remind me of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, which I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. It was because there hasn't been a film like Lord of the Rings out. Like when last did you watch a Lord of the Rings type movie? Like, yeah. yeah. But I also I. That's why I enjoyed the film. It's one of the reasons I, I actually enjoyed the film, because it was like a breath of fresh air. Now, Charlie Hunnam, for me, was the perfect person for the role. Henry Cavill and Jai Courtney were the other two finalists for the role of King Arthur. So, you know, remember earlier I said that Charlie Hunnam said to Guy Ritchie, I know you have two other guys, bring, in, bring them in the room and I'll fight them. Now, I'm yeah. pretty sure that must have been Henry Cavill. And Jai Courtney, they don't say it earlier, but those were the two other finalists for the role of King Arthur. The final edition comprised two rounds. The first was a sit-down chat with director Guy Ritchie, and the second round was a full-fledged audition. Ritchie instantly liked Hanum after their 90-minute talk and told him, I really dig you, bro. I hope you act as well as you talk, and I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Hanum performed equally well in the audition and won the role. So, Charlie Hannum fought for the role, and he deserved it. He really, really did. And that probably landed him for The Gentleman. Yeah, The Gentleman did, Mm. yeah. So, the original first cut came to three hours and 30 minutes. Wow. So, they had to cut out an hour and 30 minutes of screen time. That is a lot. This is not the first time that it's happened with Guy Ritchie, is it? I don't think so. But I... I don't know. I'd be interested to see that footage because maybe... So, you know how I said the, the storyline was it needed help? Maybe, Maybe yeah. it's that that was cut out that caused me to feel that way. So, maybe... The problem is you can't just go and release a three-hour and 30-minute film because most people... I mean, Avengers Endgame wasn't even three hours. I mean, three it yeah. was three hours. It wasn't three hours and 30 minutes. But that was a build-up for that. Yeah. That was a lot of work for someone to sit through a three-hour film. So for this would have been like, should we go see that movie? No, I heard yeah, it's long. Yeah, three hours. Mm. Oh, no, I'm not going to, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Also, Felicity Jones, she's acted in Star Wars. Elizabeth Olsen, she is Scarlet Witch in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yeah. And Alicia Vikander, I don't know who that is, I recognize her name. But they all auditioned for the role of the mage, but obviously didn't get it. I personally like, though, the actress that they did cast. She had the look... I don't know if that makes... But she really yeah. did have the right look for the role. That's why she got it. Yeah, she... she oh, Ali, uh, Alisa, Alicia Vikander, we do know her. She was in The Man From Uncle. So she has acted with Guy Ritchie okay, before. Okay, there she you was, go. Yeah, and she also was in Tomb Raider. Yeah, but but yeah. I still I still agree with who they went with. The, the actress they went with, she yeah, had the look for the role. So Charlie Hannum's introduction scene in the film was originally very different. The finished film introduces him shirtless doing some intense wrestling and shadow boxing. He was literally just punching the air. Like literally he was just punching the air and screaming. 
But he actually revealed it was, much, it was a much bigger sequence earlier, saying we had this whole montage planned out with pull-ups and push-ups and heavy bag boxing, a proper rocky montage. And the shadow boxing that I do was just me trying to stay in the zone in the takes, and that's ultimately what God chose to use in the film. So that shadow boxing wasn't actually yeah, was supposed that. to be used. It was just him trying to, you know, stay in, in the zone. It was really good because you really, really felt him. Like right? he's like, you Yeah, you're yeah. like, okay, he's, yeah. He's mad, he's really mad. mad. Yes. And then Charlie Hannam and Jude Law previously starred together in Cold Mountain in 2003. However, the difference is in that film, Law played the protagonist. So in this film, Jude Law was the, it was King, it was his uncle who was, the antagonist. Yes. And Hannam played the antagonist in Cold Mountain, whereas in this film he was the protagonist. Uh, I personally am interested to go and watch that film. I'm also after watching this Yeah, film. definitely. The release date was delayed over 10 months due to filming delays. But I must be honest, this film was not an easy film to film. <laughs> I was looking at the filming locations now. They filmed in between 12 and 13 different locations. Wow. So they and really did traveling. The locations were crazy. Yeah. Did you see behind the scenes footage? Uh, no. They, it was cra- The sets were, were, well, sets slash locations. Obviously, they had to build up. I think they did film on location. They did also film in like big sound studios. They did like a lot of um, on on location shooting, yeah. and then yes, they did. Uh, one of the places that they had filmed was Warner Bros. Studios. Yeah, yeah. But it, that was crazy. Also, the film marks the third collaboration between Jude Law and director Guy Ritchie. They previously worked together. They previously, sorry, worked together on Sherlock Holmes 2009 and Sherlock Holmes: A Game of Shadows 2011. And yeah. Jude Law is the, uh, oh, what's his name now? What's the character? So, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Jude Law is? That guy. That other guy that that cares gu- about Sherlock Holmes. Yes. Freaks him out. The guy that's with him, right? I have Gibbs in my head. It's definitely not Gibbs. Master Gibbs was from Pirates of the Caribbean. It's definitely not him. Like, definitely, definitely not him. I feel like I want to go watch that now. Right? Uh, I've, I've sort of seen Sherlock Holmes, but I don't remember paying too much attention to it. Ryan, how can you not have paid attention to I know. both Sherlock Holmes? Watson, Mr. Watson, that was his... John H. Watson was the character's name that Jude Law played. Ryan, please go watch Sherlock Holmes. A new one's coming out anyway. You need to be prepared because yes. we are doing a review. How many are there? There are two so far. There's the guy two. Richie, obviously, there's other ones. There's even series that have come out. But I'm specifically talking Both about the from, guy Both from Guy Ritchie. Brilliant. You, you, Loved him. You're talking about the one that has Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. in it. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Who's with me? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just some goofs in the film. So apparently the horsemen in the film are all using stirrups. What? Which, you know those things that they, yeah. they use to control horses. But apparently those were, would, they were not widespread. They were not in widespread use in Europe until several hundred years after the setting of the film. So uh, that technically is historically incorrect. Yeah. Yes. Also, several dogs. Now, this was weird. I was like, what? Several dogs shown in the film, especially when he draws the sword out of... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. So when that happens and his execution or attempted execution is about to occur, the breeds of dogs shown would not have existed a thousand years ago. Um, Apparently, those dogs didn't exist. What were those, Rottweilers or Bulldogs? You mean Pitbulls? But they were Pitbulls. I I feel like they... 
there was some form of pitbull. They in call it. them American pitbulls. Is that because they're from America? That could possibly. You be do one get, um, yeah, the bulldogs. They don't they call them British British bulldogs? Maybe. I don't know. You uh, should get a dog expert in and be like, tell us. All right, and on the line we have Mike. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Also, apparently, the Vikings did not appear until three hundred years later. Yeah, because they had to deal with the Vikings. Eh? <laughs> they did. I loved that part at the end. Yes. That was it. Was cool. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. But also, there was virtually no contact between Europe and China at this time, so there wouldn't be a King Kung Fu gym in that part of London, or not? Wasn't London? It, it was actually Wales. Can but I tell you what that sounds a like? Kung Fu gym. That sounds like so, some guy that's like, this cool kinder, and they'll even have a kung fu gym in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Yes, <laughs> with a Chinese man named George. Right, exactly. His name was George. That was funny though. But I feel like it wasn't a historically correct film. It was more no. like a fun, you know, like. But that's what makes it cool exactly. about it, yeah. But these are obviously just goofs. Also, apparently the lighting throughout the film is wrong. <laughs> eh? And the scenes by candlelight are too bright and contain too little flickering. And the daytime scenes inside of buildings are also too bright considering the limited number of windows and their small sizes. Well, there you go. So those are just some goofs. But I personally thoroughly enjoyed the film. They, they were, it's not a perfect film. I'm not going to say it's a perfect film. For me, I, I have issues with the storyline. That's my problem. Script, that, for me, it came down to script, but it's not a bad film. I definitely want to go watch it again. For me, the acting was very good. I loved the humor. I loved the way Guy Ritchie did it. So I would suggest you go watch the film. You can definitely expect a Guy Ritchie uh, touch on this film, yeah. which made it very, very funny. Do you know what's sad? There were actually supposed to be six um, films following this one, but because it was a box office flop, they canned it. They canned it, shame. Which for me is quite sad. So it was the first installment of a planned six-film f- six series. But those plans were scrapped after they just needed at the box office. All they needed to do was release it at the right time. Yeah, not on Mother's Day. Maybe Father's Day would have been a good one Father's to go Day with. Father's Day would have been a good right. time, yeah. Yeah. But that has been King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. So it's not just called King Arthur. Yeah. It's called King Arthur, Legend of the Sword. 2017 film. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because... There was a quite a few films when I looked at it, and then luckily I saw, yes, specifically, what? The Legend of the Sword. Legend of the Sword, yes. Boom, there it is. But this has been the movie show, bringing you another good film that you can go watch. Unfortunately, we have come to an end of our we weekly program. Mm-hmm. But we will be back again. Of course week. we will. With another film that you can watch and enjoy. Maybe it might even be another Guy Ritchie film, or it might be a film with Charlie Han- Hannum or Jude Law, or it might yeah. just be a completely different film. Who oh, knows? Well. If they let us know, we'll definitely answer. Yeah. Right now, I'm talking to you as a third person. How do you feel? Like behind your back. Not behind your back, but about you to <laughs> Sashi. Right. Sashi, if that person tells us, then... We will. Yeah. We yeah. definitely will. Definitely will. Mm-hmm. And go check out our previous shows. We have done movie reviews on tons of movies. So if you're ever needing a good movie uh-huh. to watch, then just go listen to our shows and you can take your pick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So we are signing out right nice. now. Yes, right now in... Should, should we count it down? I think we should count it Three, down. Three, two, one. Peace out. Bye-bye. Enjoying the Active FM shows? Well, then catch us on Instagram at Active FM 777. Twitter and Gab at Active
ActiveFM, Facebook at ActiveFM forward slash triple seven, as well as YouTube at ActiveFM and our website at www.activefm.co.za. Don't stop, don't hesitate. Find, follow and enjoy us on all our different platforms. You don't want to miss out. Thank you.